You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 7, episode 35. I'm John, I'm your host for tonight, and I am joined not by just John. How are you doing? I'm good, John. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, I'm also joined by Director of Podcasting, Craig, long-time no-speak. How are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm really good, thanks. And I'm, I'm really, I was quite excited about coming on. I've not had a chance to come on for quite a while now. But then uh, things managed to, I got managed to open up. And despite not watching many of the, or any of the highlights of the weekend, I thought I'll come on and, and give you my boring voice. Oh, we could have you on. It's been a, been a while. Yeah, you picked a good week for it as well. Weekend to come with our teams. Uh, yes. Quite to start, different from normal, but obviously John Lambie passing away. A character that we'll all be well familiar with in generations. So it's quite people found to be familiar with. You always remember the pigeons. He's always known for his session of pigeons. Yes, I can. Uh, a character. Yeah, he's certainly one of the great characters in Scottish football. Um, you don't hear the name John Lambert without having a bit of a smile, and certainly part of the Thistle fans in particular have got fond memories. I mean, to twice take them up two divisions into the Premier League and keep them up there was a remarkable achievement. And, you know, until Alan Archibald, um, they'd never really replaced him. Um, just a top man. I think when we were all growing up, certainly he was Mr. Partick Thistle. That's how he associated with him. I know he was involved with our clubs, but Partick Thistle certainly his team. Um, he's most familiar with. Yeah. Uh, sadly, as well, week, Ray Wilkins, uh, obviously played Scotland for the Rangers and the Hibs. Quite often you hear people pass away, maybe there were some people that will talk about other things apart from the, the man himself. Um, I think it says a lot for the government himself there to kind of assess what his general was. Um, you've heard stories about how he kind of helped people the way we were doing their work and stuff like that. And, uh, but unfortunately, we had life had health problems, so another one, sorry people. Yeah, you always think that somebody who, uh, uh, Wilkins, for example, he was so young, and somebody, despite growing up and playing football in an era that's very different from the, the health conscious players now but he was such a fit guy for such a long time it just doesn't make sense that, that somebody like that uh, dies so young it's almost unfair yeah I think he had some problems in his later life um, he had problems with the, the drink um, which he admitted um, but he always came across as such a, a decent guy and very well spoken as a pundit and you just have to look at all the tributes to see how well thought of he was and even fans of opposition clubs had time for him and yeah, it's a real shame for his family I played for some terrific clubs as well in his time obviously Chelsea big Chelsea fan Man U based in Milan and he played for a couple of teams in Scotland as well obviously I mentioned earlier so he played for quite a while he played for until late 30s I think he was in his 40s when he stopped playing um, um, which back, back then maybe it wasn't as common uh, I was going to say we'll move on to better news but we're moving on to charity event and last week's charity event was an absolute disaster after we had a comfortable most comfortable treble ever um, we had a treble whereby not one of the teams was successful we had hips and they, they have, well, I'm going to just say they hipped it because they drew Clyde against Killian Beef they lost um, I didn't end up with too much egg in my chin in terms of the other charity bet with Goodwillie not scoring first uh, and then Aloha lost to Strumra so miserable week but Craig you're back you're on so yeah, pressure's on you I don't know I don't know if it was uh, such a miserable week because uh, Hibs dropping points is, is certainly something that's uh, smiled upon around me at Ibrox as we're, as we're now looking upon other results it used to be in the in the, the olden days we used to be looking on the, the results of the teams like Stirling Albion etc to see how they were doing but now we're looking at the teams like Aberdeen and Hibson hoping that they're dropping points and uh, yeah it's a change days 
But you've done well this season Winter with the uh, charity bets, that's for sure. Yes, we have, yeah. It's been a great, mm-hmm. great effort. Blaming for £700. Whether we do it or not, I don't know, but if you would have over the that's a that's national name. Yeah, of course, and the more money for charity, the better as well. So um, hopefully we get to 700 but it's still a massive improvement in last season. So, yeah, hopefully the last few weeks we'll get something. Yeah, we'll be getting close to the time where we decide where the money goes as well. Usually I like to pick a couple of charities, so see what happens. Uh, should we start with Rangers then? Aye, we can do. That was one of the games that I watched. So, <laughs> I I was there. I was at the game. And to be honest, this season, uh, home games are not something that uh, I look forward to too much because the, the results just haven't been there. It's been woeful this year. Was it the worst record in 100 years? Something like that. It's, it's not been good at home. But this game... The scoreline, you might look on and think it was comfortable. You might think that Rangers are now in fine form coming up to the Scottish Cup, but it was a poor display. The Rangers, uh, Dundee, were very nervy. There was a lot of panic stations, especially from the defence at the start. They were hoofing the ball away whenever they could. There was very little quality on show from Dundee, and there was very little quality on show from Rangers either. It was just, it was only until the second goal. Dundee's heads went down and the game became comfortable and that was fairly late on in the game there was uh, nothing really of note other than the big thing that that caught the fans' attention during the game was the penalty incident and the subsequent booking for Morelos and the disbelief at what we we were seeing unfolding in front of us as uh, Morelos runs through and goal, albeit uh, slightly wider, the, the posts. Uh, keeper comes out, Morelos goes down, and is looking for a penalty, and the referee very quickly books Morelos. And I can only assume he booked him for a dive. However, as this is happening, the keeper's on the deck, rolling about in agony, and ends up going off injured, because he either had a bloody nose, there was a tissue involved, a bloody nose or, or, or just a hurt face and we're all asking the question how can the keeper possibly be hurt in this if he didn't clip Morelos it was a strange one as, as the referee standing over we were, we're screaming it's so obvious if the keeper's hurt he must have been clipped by something so how can you say there's no contact but who knows what the referee why he made the decision we're, it's unfortunate we're Unable to find out because he wouldn't talk to us. He's not allowed to. Well, from the from sports here in certain leagues, I would say that I don't think it was a foul either way. Um, but it seemed to be Morelos maybe clear arm like caught keep it in the face. So probably well, it shouldn't have been a it shouldn't have been a penalty. It shouldn't have been a yellow card. I think it was just I don't think. What do you think? It, do you think it impeded him, the keeper? I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that he was looking for it. I think it's pretty clear that he was looking for it. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not convinced it was a, a dive. Um, looking at it, to be perfectly honest, I mean, when I heard he was boots, you know, I'm looking at this and thinking that where's the blatant dive here? But wasn't a blatant dive at all, in my opinion. Um, whether um, it was a coming together. Um, or whether the keeper's taking it is another question but certainly wasn't a die for me um, but I see Rangers have appealed it um, I don't know if part of that is because so he can be free for the semi-final or the first game after the split, I don't know but they've certainly got the rights to do so and maybe they'll get that overturned Yeah, it was an unusual one because they can't they just cancel the split and get himself to the title is that not the, the idea? She can't have to play Let's face it, we're better off just cancelling every Celtic Rangers game because the police don't want it. The SPFL seem to be bending over backwards to put it on at 8am in the morning on a a bloody Thursday midweek. It's it's just nonsense. They're trying to hide this away when it should be the the pinnacle. It should be the showpiece of Scottish football. There's there's talk of a, a title decider. I don't want that because I think Celtic will beat Rangers. But look, looking at it, 
uh, from an unbiased point of view, that would sell. If that was a potential title decider, then that would sell. Uh, in Scotland, out with Scotland, and that's what we should be looking to do. Make the game as, as profitable as we can. Yeah, the thing about the, the fixed... Sorry, John. When you look at it, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a tight design. I wouldn't say it's in the league, especially with the gap. But the situation can be, they don't come out with the fixtures or they leave the fixtures later on. What if Celtic go on a losing run now? Oh, yes, there's always a risk, yes. Because they arrange it as the fourth, the fourth game, you say. They're not going to put it as the last game of the season, last game of the season probably. So they're putting themselves in a position where by... They just cannot decide when to, to arrange the fixtures. It's, it's an embarrassment. Any other country, I think, would be, would be loving the opportunity to have a game like that, where potentially a team wins a title against a rival. If you look down south, eh, obviously Manchester City had the chance for it win against Man United at the weekend. They held up and like that. They failed to do so. I just find it embarrassing for our game. I think it was bad on us, or bad on the fact that being on Celtic can't be trusted. Um, I mean, it was 20 years ago the incidents occurred. Um, but it shows the concerns that the police and everyone has for football fans in Scotland. Yeah, I think um, you've got to look at back at the 1999 game as well and take into consideration the factors. Um, that game was scheduled for five past six on a bank holiday weekend. It was scorching weather, so fans have also had a lot of drink during the day. And the immediate aftermath was that five past six kickoffs for that fixture did not happen after that's always been like 12 12 30 so that's been one benefit but um it's it really is a shame that this fixture is delaying all the other teams fixtures going out i mean they've had a week to think about this it's a week since um hearts clinched the top six um so they've had since then to figure it out and i think my assessment of it looking from the outside is Sky want it on the 22nd because it's FA Cup semi-final weekend um, the old firm will take um, precedent um, for them because they don't have the FA Cup um, Police Scotland are saying no because there's a possibility Celtic can clinch a title and the SPFL um, are just sitting there saying well we don't know we'll reconvene tomorrow it's just absolutely ridiculous and I agree with both of you it should be the football's moved on a good bit and you know we should embrace the fact this is a it's not a title to say it's a title clincher because um, yes I used the wrong term there yes yeah. I, I certainly don't think there's a title race anymore no no definitely yeah not. I, I think that uh, you touched on when the the uh, the top six was decided and I don't know I, I'm a programmer by day uh, and. It would not take much for them to, to write a system that could work out every single permutation, even two rounds before the, the final uh, fixtures and the, uh, the pre-top bottom six. They could do all of that. They could work out exactly how things could pan out and start planning then and start early discussions with Sky and, and the police and do that right up to the last round as things start to cement more and more. And it just it just looks to me as if they've they've waited for the final fixture to take place, and then they've just went oh right now we'll go and enter discussions, and it's just nonsense. Uh, this yeah. could have been most of it could have been resolved by now. I would have thought exactly. Yeah, there's, there's not just that issue as well. There's also the issue as well that Rangers have played all the other upset teams uh, twice at Ibrox. Yep. Yes, that's that's something that, that seems to happen uh, most years, that there's some kind of imbalance. And I don't know why, but this year seems to be getting a lot of focus just because it's Rangers. Rangers aren't special, and the old firm aren't special. So I think when they, they make the first ups at the start of the season and they seed the teams, maybe maybe based on the previous season, I would imagine. So Partick Thistle, but then even then, or aye, so Hibs and Partick Thistle, have maybe mixed it up because obviously Hibs were promoted so they would have probably been classed seed 12 part of the maybe seed 6 so that's thrown up things in there but even still just again it's, it's what kind of sometimes makes the split look daft eh, when things like this happen it seems to happen every season yeah, yeah I mean that's that's been going on since uh 2000-2001 was introduced there's always been scenarios where some teams have played one side three times at home and um, 
gone to another ground three times. Um, on you've had the odd occasion where some teams have had twenty home games, eighteen away, and eighteen home games, twenty away. There's always seems to be something um, that gets in the way, and this is where you, if if you're going to have a split, I mean, I like the idea of the split because you get the top teams play each other to see out um, the end of the season, and then the bottom teams fighting it out for the remainder of the season. I think the practicalities are good, but the you know the fixture arrangement just is a complete mess every single season. If you're going to do a split, have a 14-team league, and have the top six play each other twice, and the bottom eight play each other twice, and then you've got an equal split of home and away fixtures. No going to one club three times and another club um, just once. Just, But I'm not saying I'm advocating a 14-team league, but if they want a split to work, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and we're, we're discussing all of this and uh, as fans we can come up with good ideas and, and even clubs come out and have a good moan about it. And there's fans then moan at the SPFL, but I was uh, reading something uh, on Twitter and it quite simply put it that the SPFL is the clubs. Yep. So it's them that's put themselves in this situation. And as you touched on how long we've had the split, it's been going on for years. So there doesn't seem to be an appetite in the game at all, other than the moaning of fans, the moaning of uh, some managers. Uh, Neil Lennon was, was talking about it. And uh, to be honest, I think he should be relishing another trip to Ibrox because his record there is, is really good. Uh, not just his record there, but Rangers' record generally at Ibrox is, is terrible. So I don't think anybody should really fear it, other than the, the finances, perhaps. Yeah, the additional problem as well is there's no way that they're going to have Celtic go, go there a third time. So Which is, is not Celtic fair. Yep, Celtic so. aren't special, Rangers aren't special. Hibs aren't special. There's nobody special. Everyone should be treated equally. Yeah. Names in the hat, live in the telly. Yeah. But we'll have this discussion point again, same time next year. So, uh, go back to the football side of things on the pitch. You'd be glad Kenny Arrow was back on. It's boring. Uh, oh, well, you, uh, it's well known that I'm a big fan of Kenny Miller. Yes. Uh, however, this season he's, he's not been brilliant. He deserved to be dropped earlier in the season and when he came back there wasn't many people uh, celebrating that. But he's an old head, he's uh, scored a a good goal, he also missed a a terrible chance, I don't know if that was shown in the highlights. There was uh, open goal is exaggerating a bit but it looked like the kind of goal that us three would have scored and he puts it wide. Aye, he showed it aye. That's typical Kenny Miller. Sometimes he looks like he's not a footballer at all, and then sometimes he does these one-touch passes that that make him out to be a, a genius. Uh, aye, he's. Yeah, I like him, but I don't know. There's talk now that he's going to start the the old firm game, and I'm not sure. I think this will be his, his last season, really. Uh, at, at Rangers, certainly featuring as regularly as he has done this season. And, and lately, that's hardly any appearances at all. One name I've I seen uh, in, the, in the bench, O'Halloran, which is surprising. Uh, after getting recalled, it was him may, finally making the bench, but then obviously didn't come on. No appearance for him. But it's, it's just silly. Why would we call him if clearly he's not fancied? What's your verdict on the signings that were made in January? Who do you expect that will do work to keep that season? Oh, it's uh, football's a funny game. Goss was uh, the, the one that was looking like quality, and he was the one that all the rumours were that looking to sign long term. Yeah, he's faded away. Uh, he's not been playing much, uh, and he's, he's not the player he looked when he, he first signed. Cummings was the messiah uh, when he when he signed, and there was people chanting his name. That was that was the big appearance when he first came on as sub. That was the the big moment. Everyone on their feet. And in my opinion, he's not lit up the the side as much as I'd hoped. Um, yeah, I think Murphy's really the one that's standing out. I think that, that he's 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 certainly certainly got his flaws, but I think that yeah. I think he's the standout, really, out of them. Martin, I'm not really sold on. What about Doherty? 
No, the docker. Uh, you, you're right. I'm I'm focusing more on the the loan signings here. Docker has been a really good signing. Uh, he's he's somebody who loves to, to to dribble with the ball, which is really quite unusual for a, a central midfielder nowadays. Uh, you don't see that very often, and he's quite tenacious as well. He's a good guy. He's got a wee bit of bite there, which is good. Something that Rangers needed because Rangers were were very lightweight in midfield, especially when McCrory isn't playing. And do you think um, uh, it'll be a managerial change at the end of the season? Because uh, your chairman certainly put the hints that, that it will be a change unless Murray wins the Scottish Cup. Do you know, season ticket renewals are out, so there's lots of comments are made. And I think that if he came out and said that Murray was definitely getting the jobs, I think that would uh, certainly affect the mood amongst the fans. I don't think there's many Rangers fans think that he should get the job. Uh, because, well, it's a mixture of uh, old firm mentality. Uh, some fans think we should be getting managers to the level of Guardiola because we're Rangers. Uh, and it's just the old firm mentality. There's not a lot of uh, realism amongst the fans, but there's not really anybody out there that would be interested to uh, anywhere near the level that, that some of the fans are talking about. Um, I don't know. I don't think Murray's going to get it for that reason. Uh, there's not a lot of support for him. I think he's done a really good job. Just not, it's not now, not now, not now for Rangers. I think he'd make a, a good number two. I think he's a, a good guy, but yeah, his it's, it's home record's terrible. There's no no disguising that fact. There's no he's just because he's a nice guy, he comes across well in the, the post match, and he's he's got a decent away form. Uh, not for me either. Although I don't have the answer to who. Was well, it not the Daily Record kind of story today that Debor's favourite, Grant Debor? Heard that one. <laughs> yeah, that's just one yeah. of those names. It just any link. The Rangers, uh, and and they'll go with that and they'll run with it. Uh, I don't think that's that's any serious. That's not. Uh, Clark's another one that's understandably being linked, but I don't know. I've heard that there's there's not any interest from him personally. Uh, should we move over to Celtic? Probably not. Yeah. Just a link up nicer with the game coming up on Sunday, obviously. Pretty comfortable win. Celtic. Yeah, the scoreline looked um, was that more flattened to Hamilton. I think the stats were Hamilton had three shots in the game and Celtic had twenty. Um, I think Celtic were wasteful with a lot of their chances, but um, they did what they had to do. Not pretty, but they got the job done. Um, there was one key moment in the game which potentially turned it with Lyon's second yellow. I thought that was a very soft setting yellow card. I don't think it was a that's worthy of a second book and I think all the referee had to do really was have a word with him and Tierney who instigated with his tackle in the first place um, I think with him looking for retribution for the previous one I think a quiet word in the year would have done, done sufficient but if he's going to book Lyon for a second time he should be booking Tierney as well um, but not that it would have affected the games I think Hamilton were also playing for a draw but I think Celtic would have got that second goal at some point anyway and Griffiths made a great impact when, what, 56 seconds, I think it was, he came on and scored? Oh, that was a goal that uh, the three of us would have scored. We just looked at him. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing was, the defender, the centre-backs just didn't bother with us doing anything. Griffiths was yeah. around all the time in the world, to just goes between them. Yeah, so. but it shows the quality of him, although the, the finish, uh, I, I joke and say that, that we would have got that I think the truth is that we probably wouldn't have ended up there because we don't have that the the brain that he's got to to make those moves and to do it in a fashion that isn't picked up. It would have took me fifty seven minutes to get in that position, let alone fifty seven seconds. I go back to the second booking. I I hate players that put themselves in a situation where they can be sent off. They just just walk away. Just you know, more players need to be of the mentality of Scott Brown who however whatever harms to him he doesn't react he doesn't well he certainly doesn't react there and then he might do other things uh, disguised from the referee but see there and then he just laughs at a player that's what exactly what you need to do none of this 
bloody WWF style moves and yeah maybe it's a soft gel I don't know but don't put yourself in that situation that shows your age taking you're calling it a WWF Aye, of course it's a WWF none of this WWE nonsense like you're talking about pandas and all that these days Aye, aye, the pandas were offended with being linked to uh, the, the wrestling, but aye, who cares about pandas? Oh, <laughs> nothing. Um, so, aye, Celtic, Kearney was back. Obviously, Bain was in for Gordon because of the pitch. Uh, Patrick Roberts starting again. I think it gives Rodgers any selection issues for Sunday. See, Bain, I, I just don't get it. See, he played in the old fun. And what what did he, he let the ball bounce off the post and go into his arms and then suddenly he's a, a great keeper who Celtic's going to sign. I, I, I don't get it. I don't yeah. see he wasn't the star of the game. Not in my opinion. It's as a backup, I think. It's not to be anything else but a backup. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, he seemed to be held a hero. and Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying he's a bad keeper, but just that game still sticks in my mind that, that, that wasn't him. That, that uh, won the game for Celtic. That was, in my opinion, Rogers. Hey. I, I think selection-wise, I think it'll be Gordon and goals for the the cup semi-final. Um, I don't think there's any argument about that. To be honest with you, now that he's back, um, because of the the size of the game, it is. I think they'll have to play Gordon this time. Um, ben was always just thrown in the last Old Firm game because Devries was injured. Um, but I would imagine they go with Gordon again. Their main issue again is do they um, because Lustig's still injured I believe they don't have anyone for right back so are they going to stick with the three five two again or are they going to go back to to type um, I don't know because they had Patrick Roberts out in the right wing back position which is just not his game um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do for the weekend. Ah, you can do that against Hamilton, but I wouldn't say you can do it in a kind of cup tie like that handed. The possibility is maybe. The eye of Henry plays right back. Uh, quite often, anyway, when Celtic are playing, they switch to almost becoming a back to anyway, because Tierney's basically playing as a left winger. So, I suppose it just depends how much the ball Celtic see, if they dominate like they do usually, in terms of possession. I think McGregor's maybe the one that's given him a selection issue. He looked lively, obviously scored. Big game playing as well. But then you've got Rogic, you've got Armstrong. And jam, so the midfield's probably the toughest to select, and then even still eat up front. Surely he's got to go with Griffiths as opposed to Dumbelli. But then Dumbelli's got a good record against him, doesn't he? Uh, Rages, you're listing, you're rhyming off names here that are, are, are all quality. I don't know. It raises questions over why they're not squishing things more than they are. I, I, and I think Rogers is an outstanding coach in Scottish football. I just don't get it. They've got such a good squad. For leaving players like Griffiths on the bench who would stroll into any first team in the, the, the top tier there. And and yet he's, he's on the bench and I, I don't get it. Problem is they had such a good season last season though. So anything after probably last season is going to be maybe a disappointment but they still have a lot Maybe that's it. Games, okay, they've drawn a, a good few, but no one's capitalised on it. When you look at the rest, you know, Bernie are actually the next best in terms of games lost. They've lost six, but Raiders and Aberdeen have both lost nine games. That, that shows you the problems in terms of why there's no kind of title race, though. The league has been much beaten, the league or two, in terms of the top six teams have all been, I would say, a, a fair bit better than the bottom six teams. Yeah, maybe if uh, Clark had joined a wee bit earlier, there might have been a wee shock in the cards. But see, I, I can't remember, it was a couple of weeks ago now uh, where they were only a couple of points behind Celtic uh, based on just his time. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I think the stats are they've taken, uh, come out of taking 45 points since he arrived and Celtic in that time have taken 49. So that shows you the the impact he's had um, it's just been remarkable um, under Steve Clark but um, but obviously he's got Boyd playing he's got Boyd scoring goals which 
and uh, he's still he's still the size of a house. Yeah, and he's also got boy draining it in as well with regards to his media stuff because he was going over the top with a lot of stuff that he was saying, particularly against certain Aberdeen players and things like that. But he started to rein it in a bit because um, Clark's got him enjoying his game again. The thing that's been impressive as well from Kamara's point of view is they've actually started chopping and changing the team a wee bit now and it's not seen performance levels affected. If anything, it's probably making players hungrier to impress when they are getting a chance or to stay in. Um, the big one as well, completely different player to what he was when he started the season. Broadfoot has been terrific for Kamara and I never thought I would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a player that I've never really kind of thought of but he's been superb for Kamara. Last ditch tackles... Just really good. Maybe it's experience now, paying off. It's obviously been around for a good while. I've always liked him. He's, he's always a, such an honest player. He'd play whatever you want. He was never a right back yet. He was uh, playing right back for Rangers. But yeah, we'll be interested in seeing some of what happens in terms of who he managed to, to keep a hold of. The main thing is Murray obviously keeping a hold of Clark, but by all accounts, he's happy at Kobanek. Um, there's even been talk he sees it as his last club job um, or how much truth there is in that I don't know So, I think the only thing that could tempt him from Kilmarnock is um, the chance to go back down south and there'll be teams down in England that will be keeping an eye on his progress I mean um, I know that some championship clubs have been looking at, at Jack Ross recently um, and rightly so but you know, the likes of Ipswich who are looking for a new manager with Mick McCarthy going, they could maybe do worse than look at Steve Clark, but I think Clark will think twice because, you know, he got a raw dealer at West Brom after doing well initially and he got treated badly at Redden too, so I think he'll be very picky at his next job if he does decide to leave Kilmarnock. Yeah, well, from what I've heard as well, Kilmarnock are in a good place off the pitch as well, fresh investment coming in, he's happy there, so we'll see. Then it's obviously changing football. Um, I mean it could be in that season he, he doesn't have the same kind of impact mm-hmm. might lose players but yeah. it's contacting still to a point when they've got some other good players in so yeah and they've become the first team this season in the top flight to win five games in a row with their win at the weekend there aye um, the other four teams Hibs nine games unbeaten yeah but they left it late at the weekend there um, it was looking like that might have softened the blow of our result which we'll also come on to later um, and it looks yeah. like it was going to be a nice week for Ross County after demolishing Partick Thistle midweek looks as though they were going to go three points clear of them but um, yeah, Hibs got a late equalise and they could have very easily snatched it in the end and I think they deserved a point looking at highlights very well taken goal by Alicia. Um but they were certainly batting at Ross County, but Ross County did well to hold out for as long as they did and then hold out for the draw. Yeah, there wasn't many clear-cut chances in the game. Um, the main thing I kind of took from it was the amount of time that Scott Allen was allowed on the ball. He was given far too much time. Because when he's given time in the ball, he can hurt teams. Um, obviously, Ross County followed up a win against Partick Thistle last midweek, so four points at the last six would be quite pleased with. Um, leaves it interesting once they do it. Fixtures, they put a split, and then Partick will. Aye, they're in right, they're in trouble. Um, yeah. They're struggling to see where they're going to go in from just now. And Archibald, even, I think, started a slightly a wee bit defeated. Yes, yes, he was. He was sounding that way on the radio. I was listening um, Saturday. Yep, there's a bit of despair. Yeah. Ten games without a victory, and in that ten game run, they had the lead against Dundee, threw it away, lost two one. They had the lead against Hamilton, threw it away, lost two one, and get hammered by Ross County. So at the bottom three, they've lost them all, um, struggling for goals, letting them in for fun at the back. It's not a good recipe in these last five games. Um, they've got to find results from somewhere. I mean. John, I know you've been speaking all season, but you think they'll be fine. I thought they'd be fine um, a couple of times, but the longer they go without the victory, it's looking unlikely. And they've got the play- the thing is, they've got players in there that are good enough, but they've obviously not been doing it this season for whatever reason. I I was confident they would be fine even uh, for maybe the last couple of weeks or so, but 
it's really difficult now, especially Ross County, at least they have a wee bit more of a momentum now. Um, Rob's a really good point on on Saturday, but the big, the big result for them was last midweek. Um, not just winning against Party Thistle, but the manner of the victory as well. I mean, Thistle, both teams have gone into that game hoping they would win, take point, a point, or take a point, and County demolish them. I mean, that's not going to be good for the conference. Probably already, Thistle a bit short of confidence, and they get hammered by um, their closest rivals for automatic relegation. I think it's between those two that will further go down automatically. But you never know after this, but Hammond and D could still get dragged into it. Going down automatically. That's one of the benefits of the split, isn't it? That it turns most of the games at the end into the biggies. Because they're, they're all playing each other. Aye. I mean, it, apart from Motherwell, I mean, Motherwell and Johnson, a lot will depend on what Motherwell yeah. do on Saturday. Because um, if Motherwell were to lose on Saturday, then that season maybe just becomes, it just kind of peters out. Um, St Johnston, maybe you've got players maybe playing for the future, I suppose. But they're both safe in terms of avoiding a, any kind of relegation battle. So, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think what's um, likely to happen is Ro- part of this will be Ross Kent will be the last day of the season. Um, so, you know, if BT or Sky pick that up as the the showpiece last game of the season that could be quite interesting but um, Hamilton have lost the last four Dundee have been erratic I think they've lost uh, they've not won in the last six and they've picked up two points in that period um, but their point at Parkhead could prove to be invaluable as well we just don't know um, because it's been that kind of season where for both these teams anything they look as though they're going to go on a run they then go on a bad run look as though they're going to fall down and then they get themselves back up so it's a topsy survey season. Yeah. The one thing is with Hamilton and it happens every season, they always might find their way of uh, escaping the job. So actually if you looked at the bottom four, oh, they'd be ones you maybe be more confident in a way. Just because of, they've got history of being down there and avoiding it. Mm-hmm. I think Hamilton's experience of surviving um, the drop over the last few years though helped them in good stead and they know how to win games ugly. Whereas I don't think Party this will do, that's their big problem. Um, I mean, I, I'd like to see Partick stay up out of the four of them, um, but the way things are going, I don't see it happening. But you never know. One flicky win in the next uh, league game could get their season back up and running, and then they might have momentum again. Who knows? Put you in the spot. I know the fixtures haven't been decided yet, obviously, but who's going down? Partick. Partick. Partick, yep. Hey. Aye, problems at both ends. Going forward and keeping them out, so yep, Partick. Uh, we'll move on. Well, St John's and Motherwell, there wasn't really much to talk about in the game itself. Now, now maybe Motherwell players going into it, worried about getting hurt. I've worked in missing out on Saturday. A few injuries already. Uh, obviously, Carl McHugh is suspended, captain. Yeah. Adam yeah. was left on the bench, I noticed as well. He started in the bench. When everyone protecting him, not wanting him to get injured. Yeah, I think it's fair to say I didn't see the game. Um, you know, knowing the result, I didn't. I couldn't bother watching the rest of sports, to be honest. Um, but yeah, from what I heard, typical game between two sides with nothing really to play for in the league, um, other than who finishes seventh. Um, and Motherwell obviously got their minds on the big game this weekend. Um, and I think St Johnson just wanted to get to the end of the season, and Tommy Wright will just be wanting to see what players he can keep, what players he can bring in. Um, is their budget will be affected now that they're in the bottom six for the first time in a few years? Yeah, I mean, Motherwell as well, they've got, obviously, McHugh is suspended. Uh, Tanner, I think, is injured or doubtful. Uh, Hartley, there's one other as well, I can't quite remember who it was, but there's many issues with selection as what I'm going to have. Logan, Shinny and McLean, but out. Mm-hmm. The other one I missed out for Motherwell as well, and uh, Sardi was Campbell, but I don't know if that was maybe due to a suspension or whether it was injury. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, is it just the one player that they've got suspended? It's just McHugh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Aye, so they would have just been trying to keep everything fresh for the weekend. Um, 
whereas we on the other hand had a lot to play for still. Um, I also think as well Motherwell obviously played the midweek game against ourselves um, and they put a good bit into, into the game to try and get something but they didn't do enough obviously thankfully um, so they might have been a wee bit fatigued and just wanted to save themselves for next Saturday but ultimately it was about making sure they get through the St Johnson game without any injuries or anything Yeah, I think as well I've seen people suggest that we should be able to cope better with our players that are missing than Motherwell but you look at ourselves Logan's been our right back basically for since he signed um, there's not really a, a, a standout alternative there I think it'll be Dominic Ball that'll play there going by early in the season when Logan was available mm-hmm. but McLean and Shinny have a heartbeat of that team the, McLean's been in terrific form since he came on loan from Norwich uh, and then Shinny you know what you get from Shinny every game so I don't know um, I don't think there's any doubt that um, we've got the bigger issues, as you mentioned, with the heartbeat of our team in Shinny and McLean both uh, suspended. And our only right back, although he's not had a great season, our only right back um, being suspended is a big problem. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I'm very worried about the game on Saturday. Um, but with, with those suspensions in particular, um, and given the... F- what Motherwell did to us in the League Cup early season. They've obviously had the experience of getting to a final this season. Similarly though, we've got players in there who on their day can deliver. Um, and we've just got to make sure we stick up to the mark. Um, I would expect if Quali is fit, I think he might start. I think O'Connor played himself in a midfield position with his performance at Fur Park and we'll probably have Anderson oh, found out in the back. He cannot play centre-back. It's got to be Anderson in there. Um, and then the, the problems they've got is you start thinking that certain players are coming into a bit of form or something like that or better performances and then you just revert back to type. I mean, Greg Stewart, uh, last couple of, well, against Motherwell, good performance. You're thinking, oh, maybe maybe going good. Played well last weekend, before. And then Saturday, didn't really offer much. And Kai Stephen, you don't know what you're going to get with him. However, the pitch at Hamden could suit McKay Stephen if we try and go a bit of width as opposed to having Christie out wide, I think, because of players that are missing, Christie's got to start in the number 10 role. So that that's the one thing, possibly, the pitch at Hamden might suit us, maybe a bit better in terms of the width we've got. But the players have got to perform. McGinn, I mean, McGinn's been disappointed. He started off well. Um, you thought or terrific we boost midway through the season struggled a wee bit recently obviously we lost a couple of games as well so um, I got to say I'm worried about it as well but then it's a semi-final so always I'm worried yeah I don't like how McGinn was just thrust straight back into the team on Saturday um, you know because I felt that Mackay Stevens had done by getting dropped against Mother having played well against St Johnson um, but obviously it worked because Anderson came in, done his job, and so did the corner midfield. And for that type of game against Mother, a physical team, it was the right thing to do. But um, if if they were going to take out Anderson for a wiper, I think Mackay Stephen deserved a chance to go back in there. And for what I saw at the weekend in the highlights, he looked quite lively when he came on. But with McInnes has done this far too often this season. With Mackay Stephen, any time he's getting into a decent run of form, he's taking him off. And it's been the same with Greg Stewart. And you can't expect consistency, especially white players, because white players are erratic at the best of times, but you can't keep taking them in and out of the team all the time because yeah. you just don't get any consistency out of them. I think the thing with Mackay Steven and the bigger kind of type of games, if Mackay Steven maybe gets a kind of, what you'd call maybe a, I'm trying to be, you'd call, call an impact tackle or like a tackle that kind of, basically a defender telling him he's there. He then maybe doesn't work the same type of player. Um, so I guess maybe the more physical team is becoming sound, prefers to kind of keep him left out. But yet, any time he has come on in games against the bigger teams, he has been impressive. So maybe he's some better those types of games. Oops. don't know. But by all, on Saturday, by all accounts, there wasn't many kind of good performances. However, it could be a different game with a chance that we had Constantine Header. Uh, but maybe the right in the world we're on but 
laugh it up for hearts when our defence looked a bit shambled and it continued throughout. Yeah. Yeah, the, the first goal was disappointing. Um, no one's getting run to Naismith. In fact, it was sure that he ended up trying to get back, but he's not that kind of player. And it was an easy finish. And then the second one, McKenna with a rare error. Um, we've sung his praise all season, but a terrible pass from him. And then they get the lucky deflection, falls straight to Malinkovic, who finishes easy, but he's got all the time in the world. And we didn't offer much to get it back in the game. Um, it just it was just a bad performance. Um and again, a record against the top six sides is not great. Um, we haven't beaten Hearts this season. Um, drawn two, lost one. We've lost all uh, six games against both the old firm teams. Um, we've beaten Hibs twice, but lost once. And drawn twice and won one again. So, drawn, beat Kilmarnock twice and drawn once against them. So, a record overall, we've lost more games than, than not against the top six, which doesn't give fans a lot of confidence getting into the last few games. Um, the semi-final is the biggest win that's our season as far as I'm concerned we haven't won the Scottish Cup since the 1990 um, we were unlucky last season and we're desperate to get back there I mean, McInnes has said for the outset the Scottish Cup's a priority to try and win it so yeah. let's hope so yeah. especially last season and then potentially you want it to be a situation whereby Ken McLean's got a, a last game of the season or his Aberdeen career. Um, Scotty did all get us to this point in the semi final. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I can see it going right to the, right to the death. Again, yeah. I, I don't think it'll be a, a, a pretty encounter. I think it'll be a case of something like mistake wins or a, or a world day. Um, yeah. I, I don't think a, a lot of quality on show. It'll be yeah. See, as long as Aberdeen get through, that's all that matters um, to me, obviously. But um, I don't think it'll be a pretty game. Um, you know, people criticise Motherwell for the style of football they've been there, um, but it's been effective for them, and good luck to them. And that's the type of game we're going to expect. They will make it difficult. They will um, put challenges in. Um, they will make it physical, and we've got to stand up to that. We stood up to. It in two of the games at Fair Park this season, the, the two league games. Um, you know, we stood up to it pretty well last week uh, in the league game, but obviously there's a big difference that we're without the heartbeat of our midfield. Um, and obviously we dominate ball right back. We're not going to have anyone overlapping the wingers, so um, it's going to be a very dif- difficult game. What's your thoughts on it, Craig? Yeah. I think it's going to be exciting. I think uh, there's going to be uh, I'm going to be able to watch it and as a neutral, and I think that that'll, that'll be yeah that'll be a, a welcome distraction with the the worry of the other uh, the game on Sunday, yeah. uh, which I don't have high hopes for at all. I think uh, yeah yeah. That, that that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it open. I, I don't want either side to to win necessarily, so I'm just gonna enjoy it. Yeah. So you'll pick a winner, how do you? Do I need to pick a winner? Hmm. <laughs> a draw, a draw in ninety minutes. A draw, real okay, that, that, that was me. That was me. No one to come out and say who. Incidentally, I did a blog on the, the semi-finals um, and I've put in uh, the odds from McBookie on there, so if um, anyone wants a flutter, go to the good guys McBookie for the best odds. Oh, the good guys at McBookie, yeah. Aye. Aye. So, uh, obviously, Motherwell... Aye. No, no, I, you know, I was going to say something there and I was going to go for a winner and I was going to give reasons why I, I would pick either and, and they go for a but no, I'm still going to stick with that. No, no, I'm just going to enjoy it. Enjoy it as a, a complete neutral. Say what you're going to say. Oh. Ah, neutral. But yes, oh. it's Sunday. I'm, I'm not sure about uh, at all. Uh, I think Celtic are the better side. They're going to win. But I don't think it's going to be a humping. I think the Rangers will score. I think something like 3-2 Celtic. But I don't have high hopes for Rangers at all. Rangers are, are pretty bad. 
Sunday. Um, I think Celtic will win. Um, I think it'll be something like 2-0 if they win. Um, so I do think Celtic will be properly up for it, given the fact this is um, the league's nearly enough done. Um, and they're going for that historic double treble. And that's another thing I mentioned in the blog as well, is that two teams have come close to doing the double treble. Celtic in 1970, Rangers in 1994. Um, and they both failed the final hurdle, which was Scottish Cup final defeats to Aberdeen and Dundee United, respectively. Um, so I think that motivation of achieving history oh, will see them through, as well as their quality, of course. Ah, it's why I get to repeat then maybe our last year's final or earlier in top final this year. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't write Rangers completely case. off because um, you never know what can happen. I mean, Rangers did beat Celtic a couple of years ago in that penalty shootout. Um, and the very different managers, of course, um, and Marty did get a good result at Parkhead early in the season, but I just think Celtic's quality will be too much. Um, but from an Aberdeen fan's perspective, John, if we do our job on Saturday, who would you want in the final? Um, would you want Rangers that Ryan Christie can play, um, or would you want another crack at Celtic after last season? <sighs> See, to be honest, I'd um, probably rather it was Rangers for the Christie can play, but I'll just be happier for there. Yeah. And then, and then see what happens. Yeah, because I wouldn't say there's been any indication against either teams that we can put with the goods. So, I don't know. Yeah, true. I, I did have a dream in the season that it was an Aberdeen Rangers final. And, and it goes to the last minute, but I woke up, so I don't know, I don't know what happened. Was it one of those dreams, John? Yeah. See, see if, it, if it turned out the dream continued and Aberdeen won the cup, it would have been a, one of those dreams, aye. <laughs> uh, it's been too long. <laughs> right, that's it. Right, that's it. I'm wanting Motherwell to win. You've forced me in here. <laughs> so it takes one of John's dreams for you to make it to get off the fence, Craig. That's it, exactly. Aye, aye. I hope he's get humped. <laughs> Have a, have a right interesting podcast night this week. Um, <laughs> you, oh, are you getting a chat? Are you getting to go to the game on Sunday, Craig? No, no. Uh, I didn't bother uh, trying. It, it doesn't. That kind of thing doesn't doesn't reach me. Uh, despite being a season ticket holder, I don't apply for anything. Uh, I, I don't sign up for any scheme where I, I get all the the games. And that means I'm way down in the queue for stuff like this. So yeah, I didn't even try buying it off the the black market, if you will. Nah, I'll just watch it, watch it on the telly round my mates. If I want to ask Ellen as well, uh, what are you drinking? Tonight? I'm drinking water. Water. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm a bit healthier now. Less right. less beer, more water. What about yourself, John? Um, orange and mango diluting juice it's going down nice oh is that the fancy diluting juice yeah as the special was it not the not the Robinsons or grown ups no no um, as this version but as this version is good and it's cheaper as well alright the the cherries and berries is better mind you are we allowed to put a box supermarkets is this a new thing yeah, I think I think we're allowed to promote them as long as they send us a freebie. Aye. I'd be good. Uh, aye, I could be doing with a loaf of bread delivered. If I was there last night. Aye. I'm on the Roma game this week. That's a particular favourite just now. Aye, you're a rum man, aren't you? Aye, I like my rum. Aye. It's good. I like the Havana 7. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good I've not tried the other one though, uh, but I do enjoy that one. You know, the, is it a three-year-old that they also do? Three-year-old, which is light bomb. You get a seven-year-old, and you can get the special. The special's probably the best one, I would say. But they're all good. They're all very good. Uh, the one I've got tonight was taken Appleton. Yeah, which is nice. Right. Um, I was yeah, in one. I was in and I tried. Is it? I'm going to say it's a capper, but I'm not sure. It's like a ah, 23 year old rum. Yeah, I've heard good things though. It was 
it was pretty good, but it was served a slice of lime, and the, the lime tainted it too much. I, I, if only, it would have been better if it was just straight. But, but anyway, I was quite excited that I was uh, drinking uh, a drink that was so old, and I told my dad, and and I, I was quite proud. I was like, oh, I'm trying this drink. It's probably the, the oldest drink I've tried. And then he, he burst my bubble and, and said, uh, how old I think water is. I was going to swear there, but I thought you just burst my bubble. I was quite proud. And no. uh, they're all subject to close to all horse pies. Uh, not any pies had at the football. I actually not had a pie, but I was in Glasgow uh, last week with a good lady, a couple of friends. And there's a, a relatively new place opened up called Pie and Brew. Uh, Glasgow. Right. Some of the pies on the menu to the fake now. If we think pies at the football are expensive, uh, these pies were seven pound. But you're in a pub and we got something to eat. You maybe pay that. I think they're pretty decent sized pies, but they were they were doing a pie and brew tasting down the corner from us. I was trying to get a wee glimpse to try and see what was going on. So I think next time I go, I will be partaking in one of said pies. I think you should you should claim it on expenses as well. What, what podcast expenses? Yes, oh yes. yes of okay. Very nice. Um, but yeah, good pub and good music as well. It was almost like it felt almost like a grown up fire because um, a lot of good 90s music. So they seem to be big music fans, a lot of posters, cool posters on the walls as well. So I, it was good. Um, worth going to. I had a pie yeah. at the football I, last week um, at Fur Park. Um, the ones I had at Fur Park in the season were terrible, but. Last week it was actually quite nice. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they've obviously improved from early in the season. Have you been to Bennett of Dunblane yet, Craig, for a pie? I haven't, and it's pretty much on my doorstep as well, but you've, I've heard you raving about it a few times, yeah. I swear, and it a massive selection, and they're quite well-priced as well. You need to get yourself there. Yeah. I, I do, because it's, it's just around the road. I, I don't eat a lot of pies now. I'm getting pretty boring in my old age. If it's not an iceberg lettuce, then I'm I'm not eating it. Yeah, I think for Sunday before you watch the film, we should get yourself to to Bennett's and John's recommendation and get yourself pie to warm you up before the football. Aye, maybe yeah, just to Bennett, you go to. That'll be a different different type of occasion. Hmm. But yeah, I'll consider that because that might be the, the only thing that puts a smile on my face. Yeah. Uh, Productions wise, there's not really much to predict because there's only one game at the weekend, Hammer against Kamarik. I would imagine, I can guess, probably we are all decide. Hammer up 31 to 10, draws 5 to 2, and Kamarik are 5 to 6. Craig, what do you think? Oh, well, I think that it's going to be an away victory. I'm going to go 2 1. And you gave a wee hint earlier about the charity bet. I think that that's a, a great pick. Yeah, I do as well, John. Yeah, um, I'm going to go 2-0, come on, they're 5-6 and make book SC. Um, uh, incidentally, just to switch the topic a wee bit, St Martin didn't clinch the championship tonight. They lost to Dundee United, so they're going to have to wait till Saturday. And if they get a point against Livingston, the nearest rivals, then that's them up. Not a game, but yeah, definitely. Livingston have been going great under David Hopkins, but um, it's a matter of when for St. Man. Um, you know, they're 12 points in front and nine goals ahead of Livingston. It's a bit of a swing to turn that round. Did Mosley score? Um, no, it was um, King. Uh, it's interesting to see Mosley back in Scottish football. Uh, interesting one word I uh, he's a character I really enjoyed his time uh, at Rangers uh, times like I'm turning his back on the game because he got bored at the end and with his arms behind his back and, and somebody passed him and it had to be shouted that somebody passed him because he just lost complete interest uh, time he hit the post and the ball rebounded back to him he took a big swipe at it and it went wide and he ran off Jumped in there as if he'd scored a goal. Didn't care. He was just a bit crazy. Yeah, crazy certainly the word. Yes. 
I'm struggling in the lower leagues to see what else we can pick because a lot of the usual teams would like to take up very poor. Yes, the odds are not uh, very tempting at all uh, when I'm looking through it. I, I was considering uh, Motherwell Aberdeen, both teams to score at 8 to 11. Seemed quite attractive. Yeah, so, I can see it. Can you? Oh, aye. I don't think we're allowed to pick the Scottish Cup, though, are we? I am. And plus, no, it's the new Aberdeen right, deal. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. The league stuff. Um, I mean, did Fairman not obviously two short odds against Preakin? What about Morton at home to Queen of South? Queen of South are on a terrible run. Morton have just won tonight, incidentally, against them, Barton. Uh, they're 19 to 20. I could go for that. Aye. Um, I wonder what the odds are in the double. Unless you think there's a third one in there. Oh, I, well, I, would, I like to keep it simple, but you've been doing pretty well this season without me. Aye, we've kind of we thought we'd go a treble, and then after it's kind of been this season, it's worked out all right. Um, remember. I used to get Greg and it would be sevenfold and stuff like that. Aye, uh, Greg used to like going for the going for the stars. Uh, um, it's difficult though because you look like two years ago. Well, at home to Edinburgh City, twenty to twenty-three, maybe. Yeah, I'll maybe look at that because the the doubles only return in thirty-five seventy-five. So if we add. Elgin will get the best form in that league mm-hmm. as well, so it could be nice to add them to the mix. Mm-hmm. If you add Elgin, it takes up to 66.84. Mm-hmm. Profit 56.84. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Right, sounds good to me too. Chavonic, Morton, Elgin. Yep, yep £10 on that gets 66.84 from my Goal scorer wise, do we go back to Ayr? What about, uh, I was looking, what about Nicky Clark? Yeah, I like that. They're a home of breaking. Aye, I like that as well, Craig. Nicky Clark, a guy that for some reason, don't know why, it just never worked out at, at Rangers, but he's shown that, that he has got the quality in the lower leagues. Don't be able to address it though, to be fair. Well, he built a career up in that, aye, that's, he's got the, he's got the trade and that, and then he's, he's went on to become a footballer, you're right. Um, so, I'll get the odds for him later on in the week. Um, anything else you want to cover before we finish up for the, the evening? Hmm. Hmm. I don't have many wrestling tracks. I've not watched WrestleMania yet. I'm, I'm going to watch that. Uh, I'm off tomorrow. I noticed that, that Paige has had to retire from the That's WWF due yeah. to a neck injury. Yeah, but... Yeah, I wonder if it was. Yeah. Hmm. See the video. Maybe it's because of that video. It's I was really... wondering if yeah, how she strained her neck. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I've not seen WrestleMania. So. Yeah. No, I'm still watching reruns of Butcher the Barber Beefcake and the Glass Window, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You get the, I've got the network, and I've been. I started off watching pay per views from like 2000 onwards. Fantastic stuff. All the, the stuff with the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian and the Boys and you put Rock and Austin and Triple H or Glory Days, Glory Days. Oh, you, miss, you miss out on the stories because back then in the paper queues they didn't really maybe focus as much on all the stories to the extent they do now. So, but then it'd be a lot of time to like try and watch all the raw episodes in between and stuff like that. And so just the paper queues and then. Uh, oh, but some of this stuff was brilliant. Yeah. Ah, it's not the same now, that's for sure. It's, it's not just the name that's changed. <laughs> um, aye, so, big, ga- big games at the weekend to find the season. Yep, and then we can we can look forward to that, uh, or some of us can, and also enjoy laughing at the, the SPFL for their fixture farce. Yeah, this podcast will be before the fixtures are out. Yep. I'd end the season podcast about before the fixtures go over. That season, I think what we must do is have Rangers and Celtic play each other the first four games of the season. Just do that. 
kind of in the way. Yeah. No, I told you they don't win the game to happen at all. Just cancel it. Or just have it played with no fans. No, even then they'd be worried that somebody would misbehave somewhere. Somebody would use a sweary word in their, yeah. in their own home. That's not allowed either, so not yeah. cancel it. Aye. Play it four four o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. um, for, on a Thursday, um, as you say, Craig, and broadcast it in Tonga. Yeah. It wouldn't make a difference. You see the Tongans, they, they play the supporters clubs there as well. There'd be like war dances and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. The sectarian, we wouldn't even be able to understand the sectarian abuse. <laughs> That'd make it worse. So, Aye, no, good have you back on, Craig. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Did anyone notice I went away for a pee? Well, we did because you messaged but I don't know if that was there. I used to reply, though. I was hoping I'm down needing a pee. He's never replied saying, that's all right, off you go. I'm professional here. I'm professional. It's changed since you were on. Like, we just... Uh. You didn't need ask to go to the toilet, Craig. You're the director of podcasting. <laughs> Cover your absence. We just talked. We just chatted and <laughs> just talked. Pish. You better not have talked about me. Nothing even knows you're right. Really, to be honest. Oh dear. But Craig, we've missed you. What's that? I enjoyed it. It's been good. Is that the title of the podcast, Craig's Pish? No, I says we've missed you. Oh, Craig's passion, John's wet dream. Oh dear me! See, the oh, last yeah. time Craig was on, there was a it was after the Scottish Cup final, and there was talk of Kelly breaking the Lady Garden. So let's not go there. Well, I remember from Lady Garden. Well, <laughs> you remember what I do, yeah. I was <laughs> hoping you right. remember that. Oh. Aye, so it's your fault, Craig. You've been out there worse than us. Trying to claim yourself to be some like altar boy now with your water and lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Secretly, you're craving a brew dog and a pie. Ah, you're right. Well, I am. I am. Aye, that, that's one, one of the reasons I've not been on is going to the gym early up at half five. It's nearly fit in a late night. Well, maybe get you on before the end of the season if. Possible. If Rangers win the Scottish Cup, I'll just do a solo podcast. Oh, I guess certainly will be, aye. <laughs> <laughs> aye. Cheers, anyway. Good to have you on, as I say. And I cheers, 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 guys. Speak to you next week. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Right. That was good. Enjoyed that.